Welcome to Friday. It's the 24th day of February, the last Friday of February, 2023. Brought to you by Cowboy State Daily. Take them out at CowboyStateDaily.com or on their Facebook page. Also, being brought to you by YDOT. Well, folks, warmer weather is coming. We're certainly going to be cold to start the day, and it's going to be a chilly day, but we've seen the worst of the cold now. As the Arctic air begins to move out, then that means some wind later today and into this weekend. In many areas of the West, as I'll show you on a map here in a moment, it's going to be windy in a lot of places, especially down into southern Colorado and down into New Mexico, but also across the I-80 and I-25 corridors of Wyoming, where blowing snow will be causing some travel headaches. Moist winds aloft coming in from a storm sitting off the California coast will continue to bring more snow to the high country. So the mountains over the next 48 hours will see off and on snow, and a few of those snow showers will come out onto the plains, although it's mainly along and west of the divide that gets most of the snow this weekend. Several weather systems are coming late in the weekend and next week and beyond, as I'll show you, the pattern heading into March looks very busy. That means more mountain snow and some on the plains. Lots of folks sent in great sundog pictures and pictures of snow drifts. We'll show you those, and also, a lot of folks are saying, all right, we've been talking about La Nina for what seems like forever, and it seems like forever because it's been three years. What does it mean now with La Nina fading and El Nino coming? What does that mean? What does that mean for the West? Well, we'll talk about that at the end of this podcast. Here are some great photos. Not only did we get sun dogs, we had double sun dogs. That Arctic air that hung over the region yesterday well after the sun came out and being in what we call an arctic haze if it looked a little bit hazy to you it's it's an arctic haze literally that's what happens over the tundra regions of the great white north where ice crystals are hanging in the air all the time and then that gets refracted from the sunlight so a great shot there from jason and cheyenne another great sun dog picture from julia tim a great shot there then from the Bighorn Mountains, a sun dog along a snowmobile trail. So uh, the sun and the optics through that Arctic haze yesterday across the region really putting on a show. Also putting on the show was the snow and the wind and uh, the Interstate 80 corridor, as we've been talking, along the south central and southwest parts of Wyoming, really took the brunt of the storm. And here's a shot from Rollins, find the car. There's a couple cars there, you can find one. And uh, it was a storm that in some parts of Carbon County's lower elevations, we had several reports of a foot and a half with over 40 inches of snow in the Sierra Madre mountain ranges. And then probably the epicenter of the wind and the snow is in the Elk Mountain area. Joe, thanks for sending those in. And everyone can see how hard Joe's been working just to get to his house. So quite the storm event. Now, well, this is from a YDOT webcam along Interstate 80. Find the exit ramp. Where is it? Well, you can see right here. Now, this is a picture from a distance. If you look at the size and, uh, uh, and height and depth and width of this snowdrift, you can see why it's so hard to keep interstate open or just how long it takes to get those drifts taken away. And then here's a great shot right along the Continental Divide. This was taken when the road was closed yesterday the westbound lane still closed this morning there's an elk trying to feed on whatever grass it can find along the interstate and throughout the day yesterday in this particular area right along the continental divide a lot of elk seen moving through that area 
Today, you can see all the blue across the northern tier. Those are wind chill advisories and warning across Montana, the Dakotas, and across Nebraska and into Minnesota. Then you can see all the winter storm warnings for Arizona, western Colorado, Utah, Nevada, uh, California, still looking at blizzard conditions in the high mountains above Los Angeles and into the Sierra Nevada. Feet of snow coming there. We'll take a look at California's water situation next week as there's just another big burst of heavy California precipitation again. And then here are the forecasts for increasing winds and wind advisories for later on today and into tomorrow and the weekend. Here's that upper level low over California. It's just sitting there. That southwest wind aloft, though, is moist. So that's why areas along and west of the divide and into the mountain areas will be getting some snow here today, tonight, and into early tomorrow. Then this low Sunday swings across the southern Rockies and heads out into the plains. And there you can see it. This is by 11 a.m. on Sunday. Now, it's not a terribly organized system, and the better moisture will be closer to the low. But it is, again, going to bring another swath of snow to the high country as that moves through. And as we've been showing you, that eastern Pacific high is just anchored. It's just not going to go away anytime soon. As the low moves out and the Arctic air moves out, here are the forecasted wind gusts through Sunday afternoon. So here's your I-25, I-80 problem here. Strong winds from Matiti to Cody up to Red Lodge developing as well. Then look at along and south of I-70 into Colorado. Look at New Mexico and the panhandles. We're talking about a very windy period uh, developing ahead of that storm coming off the California coast. So there's a lot of weather still that take place, but it's going to be more of a mountain snow event and high winds developing on the plains. The benefit from the wind is going to be the warmer temperatures that are coming. And if you look at the uh, animation here of the precipitation forecast, this takes us basically through the next three days. This takes us all the way into Monday. So you can see the heavy precipitation coming into California, then spreading into the mountains of Colorado, western Wyoming, Utah, then into Arizona, parts of northwestern New Mexico. So the ski areas going to be getting a bit more snow out of this, while the west coast, California in particular, seeing that stormy weather coming our way. And then you can notice up here too, it later on, you notice Precipitation is increasing here in the Pacific Northwest. Well, that's ahead of the next system coming in out of the Gulf of Alaska. And this is what the snowfall forecast looks like over the next 84 hours. We can see those impressive West Coast snow. And then as we get into Wednesday, the first day of March, we've got a kind of a double-barreled trough coming through with a wave here, a strong wave here. The high is still there. As long as that high is so big and so strong there, these lows are going to just continue to march off the North Pacific. And that's what's going to continue as we go into March. And this is by next weekend, a big, cold, broad trough of low pressure over the West again. So see a familiar pattern? The high is still there, so they just keep coming. So as we said yesterday, the hits just keep coming. These are the temperature anomalies by next weekend. See how cold it is? So we're going to continue to have to deal with a lot of weather. Now, I wanted to talk uh, now about La Nina and El Nino. One thing that uh, I'm a big believer in is the Western United States weather is really tied at the hip with the Pacific Ocean. And we go through these cycles. We've gone through them for as long as we've been watching the weather. And really, it wasn't until the late 80s and 90s before we even really started to understand or even begin to observe these El Nino and La Nina cycles. But when the Pacific Ocean is colder in the tropics, that means right along the equator, 
10 degrees north and south of the equator. When the Pacific is colder there, that tropical Pacific, those cooler water temperatures, it's good to think of the Pacific Ocean as an engine. So if the Pacific tropics are a little bit colder, it's like a weaker engine. It's not producing as much uh, water vapor into the air. It's not producing enough opportunities over time to really give us the amount of storms we see when the other thing happens is that when the Pacific is warm, it's like a strong engine and the trade winds reverse and the amount of water available to bring wet weather to the Western United States drops in La Nina's goes up in El Nino. So we've had a three year La Nina and it's really shown. So if you go back and just grab some statistics and if you go back to basically 1949, where we have enough data to kind of try to reconstruct periods of El Nino's or La Nina's. The yellow and the green here and the orange shows a deviation uh, in precipitation rates. And so what ends up happening is, is that when you have a situation during La Nina's, you tend to be drier than normal. And then when you're in El Nino's, you tend to be uh, wetter than normal. So you can see that there is a, a pretty good correlation between these cold cycles in the Pacific, La Nina's, which are drier, and these warmer tropical Pacific situations where we're more wet. So the data really bears that if you average it over time. During La Nina's, when the equator region here, the tropics are a little bit colder, the trade wind patterns reverse and they go more from the east to the west. And what this does is basically this takes a lot of water vapor, it takes a lot of the energy required to bring fronts and storms through the Western United States more towards the Western side of the Pacific. That's why Australia and New Zealand and parts of Asia, they are wet in La Nina's while we go dry. And the reverse happens when you go into El Nino's, as we'll show you here in a minute. And if you go back to the early 1950s, and if you were just to track everything, notice a trend here. We have these periods where you have more La Nina's and less El Nino's, and then it reverses more El Nino's and less La Nina's. Well, this is where we are right now. Since really 1999, more often than not, the La Nina's have been a lot more frequent. The subtropical Pacific has been colder on average. As you can see, there's less red above the zero line here since the late 1990s. So we've had a lot more La Nina's and we've had a lot more drought. From the mid 70s to 1998, we had a lot more El Nino's. So we're basically kind of in a regime that we were from the early 1950s to the early 1970s. And that's where we are right now. So when we take a look at what's happening, we showed you yesterday, La Nina really weakening here significantly. And then by May, the forecast is for those cold waters to be gone. And we're basically in a, in a burgeoning, very beginning stages of a developing El Nino by late spring and summer. While it may not technically be an El Nino, It'll be getting close by late summer and early fall. So what happens is we have a reversal of those trade winds. And what will happen is now, instead of the moisture, that higher humidity air going towards the western side of the Pacific, it's on our side of the Pacific. And so South America and North America, especially in this area right here, you just have better, you have a stronger engine. You have more water vapor in the air. You have the ability to generate more in the way of weather. And the end result is this. You start to see a trend developing where the precipitation anomalies reverse from where you were with La Nina's. So what that means is, is that we are transitioning out of La Nina 
which means this three-year cycle of drought in the West should be easing, and it already is. Have yourself a great Friday. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday.